This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. GD here on The Fan, Danny Ruye flying solo live from Buffalo Wild Wings in Alexandria. It is a Misery Monday presented by Chinigo Mayos live from B-Dubs on Richmond Highway in Alexandria. Come on by and join us. We jump now to the BetQL guest hotline for his weekly appointment with us. Former coach here in town, Jay Gruden, joins us. Jay, happy holidays to you, man. Hope it was a good one. Thank you. It was a very good one. Where the heck is your partner in crime? He He's taken off, right, which we respect. We, we sort of alternate. We figured it out. I'm, I was on Thursday, Friday last week, and then Monday today, and then I'm done until the new year, and he's going to take back over. So we, we kind of worked it out. We drew straws, and I got the short end of the stick. Nah. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, what'd you make of Saturday's game? Just a uh, big picture. What were your thoughts? San Francisco's pretty damn good, huh? Yeah, they're pretty good. You know, I think what hurt Washington the most was their first down efficiency was pretty bad. Um, you know, they lost a lot of yards. They had second and 12, second and eight, second and nines. Um, not typical the way they've been on their win streak. They've been very efficient on first down, but but not yesterday. That's it's, it's tough against that defense. Quarterback change, it happened. It was the story. I think a lot of us, I think you included, Jay, maybe saw it coming with some of the rhetoric and some of the, you know, uh, the, the different bits of background to it. And I know we kind of talked about it a lot, but what did you feel about when Ron Rivera made that decision at, at that point in the game? It almost felt like he was looking for a time to do it. And then two straight possessions ending in turnovers basically kind of seemed like it opened the window, huh? Yeah, I guess so. And then they've got themselves in a position where they were one-dimensional, had to throw it to come back, and probably Carson is probably more equipped for that type of situational ball. If there is a quarterback equipped to be down 17 against 49er defense, I don't know if there is one, but I guess Carson would be more so. But those two plays, I feel bad for uh, Heineke because the first fumble, I mean, they tried to do a max play action on second and eight, and the 49er defense is in the sprinter stances, and they got a sack fumble. And I don't put that on Heineke. There's nobody open. Nobody to throw to. And then the second one, you know, they tried a four vertical, and, and Brian Robinson was slow to get out, and he, he kind of looked like he was going to break it off to the right, and he stopped, and, and Heineke got hit in the mouth and threw it to him, and it was intercepted. So other than those two plays, I think he played pretty good the first half in uh, part yeah. of the third quarter. And that's the assessment I wanted from you, Jay. I was curious. I actually thought I'm with you, even though you know they only had seven points at halftime, and you get that goal-to-go situation where they handed it off four times and didn't end up scoring. But I thought Heineke was pretty good in, in, in a tough environment against a uh, an excellent defense, as kind of we're talking here. I didn't think he was terrible. So that's what makes me feel like they were just looking for an excuse to, to, to put Wentz into the ball game. What was your assessment then of, of Heineke? Yeah, I, like I said, I thought he played good. He had some great third-down conversions, keeps some drives going, and some known passing situations, which really, if you're going to be critical of Heineke in a pass, those are where he struggled. But he played well in those situations. And 
got the ball out of his hands, was accurate, uh, made some good throws down the field. Um, I think he had one called back, um, and, and, and he played pretty well. Like I said, the, the fumble that he had, I mean, you know, I don't criticize play calling very much, but they were down 10 uh, in the fourth quarter, and they tried to play-action pass, and, and San Francisco wasn't biting on the run at all. They were in sprinter stances rushing. They, they got a sack on a two-man route. Nobody was opening. It was unfortunate. And uh, I, I, I feel bad for Heineke because I thought he played pretty good. Jay Gruden with us here on G&D. Um, you, I mean, listen, it's tough to evaluate. Like, we talk about this on the show all the time when it comes to baseball, Jay. September call-ups, right, when rosters expand, a bunch of guys come up from AAA, they're facing, you know, lesser competition, and they can have a nice month and kind of fool your eyes a little bit. So, too, Carson Wentz yesterday against looked like kind of shell coverage looked pretty good, you know, a great throw to, to Curtis Samuel there for the touchdown. But how do you evaluate that? It's, it's tough to get a good feel, right, because San Francisco seemed like they backed off. Yeah, it is. In that situation, they're up 17, and they're not going to give up any big play. They're going to give you the underneath checkdowns pretty much all the whole game and let you let you eat up the clock because, you know, the opponent's not the enemy. The clock is the enemy of those situations, so they're going to allow you to move the ball methodically down the field, chunks of five, six, seven, eight, nine yards, and, and it made Carson look pretty good. And, and Carson's a good quarterback in those situations. He, 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 can, he can manage a game and do those types of things, but it's a tough deal for them moving forward who the starting quarterback is. You know, it's not like it's clear cut with Dallas. When Cooper Rush came in, won a couple games, they went right back to Dak after the injury. If they thought Carson was clearly better, then I think they should have gone to Carson when he was healthy with the thumb injury. Uh, but they went to Heineke and figured Heineke gave him the best chance to win at that time. Um, but I, I just I, I can't pinpoint the game on Heineke in this game because I thought he played pretty good except for those two plays, which I don't think were his fault. Yeah, so how do you think it's getting handled going forward, and how would you handle it? Well, obviously, it's got to be whoever gives you the best chance to win. And like I said before, if they think that's Wentz, then they should have put Wentz in four weeks ago when he was healthy. You know, if they think it's Heineke, then stick with Heineke because Heineke has done some great things to get him in this position in the playoffs. You know, if it's not clear-cut, if they don't think Carson is clear-cut better than Heineke, then they, I think they should stick with Heineke. But if they do feel like it is Wentz, then you got to go with the guy they think is better and give you the best chance to win. But I just am curious to why they didn't go to Wentz earlier when he was healthy if they felt that way is my my issue with the whole situation. It's, it's not a great situation. You never want to have this right. quarterback controversy this late, but, you know, it, it's a tough call for them. So, but for you, just your preferences, would you go with Carson Wentz down the stretch or would you kind of say, hey, we were hot under Taylor Heineke for a while. We well, can kind yeah. of keep doing that. For me, I'm, I'm only evaluating what I see on television. Yep. These guys got these guys in the building every day. Right, I right. watch them to practice at OTAs. I, I would stick with Heineke personally. Um, because he's got him in this position to get in the playoffs. I'd give him a, I'd give him the game against Cleveland, see what happens, because I still think uh, the Dallas game would become pivotal as well. They'd go to Heineke or uh, Wentz then, but uh, I think uh, you stick with Heineke versus Cleveland. Jay Gruden with us here on Grant and Danny. So, Jay, I'm going to go back to, I mean, I think it was 2014 when, when you, you, you guys ended up playing a, 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 all, all your quarterbacks at that point. How, I feel like that's a significant thing where you kind of have to like break the news to each individual, then to the team, et cetera, because that's a major change. You know, with all due respect to other positions, it's not the, you know, who's the, 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 the base defense off ball linebacker. This is the one that everyone pays a lot of attention to here. How do, how would you kind of prepare to do that? And, and walk me through that kind of process of what you had, what boxes you had to check uh, if you're going to make a quarterback change. Yeah, it's difficult because what you don't want to have is a split locker room this time of year because I'm sure there are going to be some guys that want Heineke and some guys that want Wentz. You know, and, uh, the big thing is try to pull the team together, and make sure that hey, we're all on the same page here. We have to make a decision. This is who we're going to go with. Bang! Let's all rally behind him 
this week and see what happens. That's the most important thing. You can't go one guy and have half the team you go, man, I really wanted this guy or vice versa. So the most important thing for the coach, whoever he chooses, to make sure the team rallies around that individual and uh, they all play well and play together. Would you have somebody maybe like a captain or kind of pulse of the players to let you know? Like, let's say for the sake of argument, and I'm not asking you to betray any confidences here, but if you were going, hey, I think I'm going to play Colt next week, and somebody came to you and said, coach, you can't do that. The, the locker room doesn't want him. Like, w- would that sort of thing happen? Would there be like an executive council? Or how would you go to player input? Yeah, that is important for sure. You want some player input, especially if it's as close as I think it is as far as who they want to choose to start this next game. Mm-hmm. I think it is close. I, it could be dang near a coin flip. Uh, so the, the, the pulse of the locker room is important. If they really want Heineke or they really want Wentz, then, uh, then why not? You know, let's just get everybody on the same page. That's the most important thing. Let's all rally together because – you know, they're going to need everybody to be successful to get in the playoffs and play well against Cleveland. They can't have any divisiveness whatsoever. So the pulse of the locker room is important, but at the end of the day, it's Coach Revere's call, and uh, hopefully they rally around whatever he decides. Yeah, I'm I'm guessing, and I've been predicting all along, that it's going to be Wentz, just, just kind of reading the tea leaves and the signs. So for the for the sake of that, let's just let's assume that that's the case. We've been wondering all season long, could they play the way they did with Heineke, meaning this run first, smash mouth, occasional play action, you know, uh, a kind of offense that they didn't look like at the outset of the season. Could they do that with Wentz and be successful? A, do you think that's how they'll go about it if it is Wentz? And and B, how do you think he'll take to it? Yeah, I think that's how they still need to probably be because I don't think they can pass protect good enough to turn into an all of a sudden drop back passing team. Their pass protection is very suspect. Um, they need a guy that's a little more athletic, but uh, the most important thing for them to do is maintain who they are as far as their identity, and their identity when they were successful is running the ball, uh, being efficient on first down. Didn't work out against San Francisco, uh, but also utilize the play-action passes in the quick game. So uh, whoever the quarterback is, I think that's their method that they have to use uh, is the smash-mouth type of football. And how, how do you think Wentz will do? If they, I think if, they do, do if they go that way. I, I yeah. think he'll do fine. You know, the only issue I have is if they think Wentz is better than Heineke at this time, then I, I just feel like they should have done it three or four weeks ago when Wentz is healthy. If Obviously, they had their doubts. That's why they stuck uh-huh. with Heineke or they thought Heineke was doing well. I don't know. Uh, but if it's a clear cut, they feel like Wentz is a better quarterback at this time, then surely he was better three weeks ago, right? Um, so it, it's a tough call. But uh, like I said, my preference would be stick with Heineke another week and see what happens. But I wouldn't be surprised if they went with Wentz, and Wentz is a good quarterback. I think they're both good quarterbacks, and both can do the job uh, if given the right situational-type plays, you know, the first, second down success like they've had, hand off to Robinson and, and uh, the rest of the guys and throw some quick games and take an occasional shot. Yeah, it makes sense to me. Uh, Jay, this trio of, of wideouts I, I feel like is really good, it, and I know sometimes our eyeline gets gets fouled up because, you know, we, we're following Washington so closely, but I, I think that group – there aren't too many teams that wouldn't say, yeah, I'll swap bars for, for, for you guys, especially now with the emergence of Jahan Dotson. How do you balance kind of what you're talking about? They don't pass protect great, especially for longer developing stuff. That, to me, is their advantage, though, is those three guys, I think, can get open and, and move the football against just about anybody. How do you kind of balance wanting to make sure they get their touches with that the pass pro issues that you're kind of talking about? Yeah, it's very difficult. You know, if you have pass pro issues, if you try to be one-dimensional and try to turn into yourself into a drop-back air raid type offense, I don't think it's very difficult this time of year, especially against Miles Garrett coming up down the street yeah. with uh, Cleveland and some of the rushers they have. And then against Dallas, if Dallas has to play for something and they got the pass rush that really gave Washington problems in the first matchup, 
they have to be balanced. They have to still uh, make sure they have run-first type offense play actions uh, to help the offensive line uh, mix in their protections, the five-man, six-man, seven-man protections like they've been doing. Uh, I, I just don't think they're capable enough uh, to turn into a drop-back passing team. I don't think either quarterback really is good enough at this time to do that anyway uh, with the protection the way it is. So, Jay, I've been beating this drum all day, and, and uh, I get made fun of a lot for a million different reasons, uh, mind you, but it, in, including this one. But I kind of thought they would drop that game to the Giants uh, a, a couple weeks ago. Just, you know, they, they're playing this coin toss style of game, and sometimes you don't get the call, right? Sometimes, you, you know, you, you play this rock fight of a, of a game, and, you know, somebody might get you. I thought they'd lose to San Francisco because San Francisco's really good. I still think they're going to the playoffs, not because they're, they're, they're a juggernaut, but because nobody else is any good either. All four teams in contention lost this past weekend. You know, Detroit got waxed by, by uh, Carolina, which we'll talk about in a second. Uh, the Giants lost to Minnesota in true Minnesota fashion. That's how they play every game. I think Seattle's in free fall. I think they're going, not because they're doing that much right, but because everyone else is bad. What are your thoughts? Yeah, sometimes it's good to be the best of the worst. And uh, that's right now, that's the way it is. There's some teams that are really, really struggling on both sides of the ball. And, uh, you know, fortunately, usually at this time of year, teams start to really emerge and get hot at this time. But right now, it seems like the bottom half of the league is just struggling to keep afloat. You know, the really good teams look really good, but the rest of the group is just like, who, who's the best of the worst? And uh, there's nothing wrong with being the best of the worst. I can remember the Giants won a Super Bowl. They got in there as a sixth or seventh seed and, yep. and won a Super Bowl. So if you get in there, anything can happen. That's the most important thing, to get yourself in position, try to get healthy at the right time, play your best football the next couple of weeks and see what happens. So what would you, what would your tenor be like this week if, if you were in charge, right? You drop a couple games and really you haven't won in almost a month when you start to look at some of the, uh, the, the dates of it, right? I mean, you tied the Giants and you lost to them and now you've lost to San Francisco and almost December has elapsed and you don't have any W's. What would it, what would you be doing this week to try to remind guys, Hey, it's all right in front of us. We can, we still have plenty of stuff to play for. How do you kind of get guys back in, in, on the good foot? You know, I'd be upbeat and fired up, man. I mean, you're in position to make the playoffs, and that's your ultimate. Your first goal is to win the division, obviously. That's not going to happen now. Your second goal is to get in the playoffs, get in the dance. And they have a great opportunity to do that. They're in position right now with uh, two games left. Two games left, right? Yep. Two games left to get into the dance and have an opportunity to advance in the playoffs and win the Super Bowl. So uh, everything they want is in front of them. The one goal they had to win the division is not there, but, heck, It'd be upbeat, fired up, let's go, let's rally around each other and make this thing happen. I want to go around the league with you a little bit here, Coach. The the, the Vikings, I, I just I can't figure them out. I mean, they deserve so much credit for being 12-3. and three. It's really hard to be 12-3 and three in this league, but it seems every week they're doing whatever that was, right, <laughs> against the Giants. Coming back, it's a 60-yard field goal at the wire to uh, to get them to win it. It's just they play this game all the time, but they've won so many of them, they deserve credit. I just kind of can't quite figure out what they are and what I think they're going to do come postseason time. Yeah, it's hard to figure out, but it's not hard to figure out when you look at the record. These guys yep. must be really good, but nobody's yep. giving any credit because of the way they win. But Kirk is playing exceptionally when, when it counts, and that's the most important thing. They're playing their best football in situations that matter the most, third down, red zone, and when they're behind and in the fourth quarter. And there's a lot to be said about that. Sure, they struggle for first down or first quarter sometimes or second quarter, but when the game's on the line is when they really play well. Justin Jefferson shows up against Buffalo and against all these other teams, the Giants. Uh, you see those big players show up in big situations, and a lot to be said about that. They're going to be dangerous when they come in the playoffs because they have shown the ability to come back 
uh, to lose a lead, to play from behind and win football games. And it's going to be a tough out for a lot of teams. Speaking of tough outs, I, I've asked you about these guys before, but all they've done since then is win some more games. If I'm in the AFC, I do not want to draw Cincinnati right now. No, I think that group no. is really dangerous. I agree. I agree. I think Joe Burrow's uh, – you, you talk about Patrick Mahomes and then Joe Burrow's right on his tail. I mean, he, I mean, those two guys are exceptional, and, and Cincinnati's playing good defense, really like what the defensive coordinator does. Uh, they seem like they're pretty healthy at this time. I think they might have lost a tackle. I'm not sure, but for the most part, they're getting healthy. And uh, and Joe Burrow can win any time with that receiving core that he has. You know, you talk about receiving core, Higgins, Boyd, and uh, Jamar Chase, they're as good as anybody as well with, with a top-notch quarterback. They're, they're dangerous as heck. Uh, staying in the AFC, the Dolphins for a while were kind of everybody's darling. They ripped off some wins against some pretty bad teams. They deserve credit for winning those games, obviously, but now it's kind of come home to roost. They've lost to some pretty good ones, but they just haven't looked quite the same, and that loss yesterday, pretty devastating to lose to a, a Packers team that's not particularly good. Where, where are we at on the Dolphins? Yeah, obviously they're still dangerous and still in the mix because they have the weapons outside at receiver. Uh, Tua can't turn the ball over like that, though, obviously. Uh, he's got to play better. You know, he's a young quarterback. He's going to have his ups and downs. But uh, come playoff time, if they get in the playoffs, he's got to protect the ball better, uh, continue to use that play-action game, get the running game going, and get those speed receivers the ball. They'll still have an opportunity, but I'm not too sure they're good enough on defense to have uh, to uh, carry them at this time. If they can play with the lead, obviously they'll be dangerous because of the play passes. They're, they're, they're so fast on the outside, so explosive. Um, they have a chance without a doubt, but they got to quit turning the ball over. And my last one for you, Jay, is this Bucks Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense, I cannot figure it out. They've got good players. There, there are legitimate guys that I think a lot of teams would want. I know Mike Evans maybe has lost a step or something, but it seems like he and Tom Brady have never met each other. Godwin is still really good. I like Rashad White out of the backfield, and they thump with Fournette a little bit. I, I know their offensive line is, is scuffling and not as healthy, but I just can't believe they're – a, that they won that game last night, but B, that they're just, they struggle as much and as often as they do. It's, it's, it's procedure penalties. It seems like it's third and 14 all the time. They just seem to really not be able to do much at all. Is it a Brady issue? Is it a scheme issue? What are you seeing? They're unwatchable until the game's on the line and Brady might yeah. make a comeback. Really, I mean, they are. They run the ball between the tackles. They get stuffed. They get third down and long. They have false starts. They throw interceptions. They, they, they don't look like they're in sync at all. It looks like they just got together last week and started practicing and played a game. Uh, there is no cohesiveness whatsoever in the, in the way they're calling pass plays, pass patterns, concepts. The running game looks like they're just trying to plow it between the tackles. And then all of a sudden, uh, they're down six or down ten, and here comes Brady, and they win in the fourth quarter. It's, it's the damnest thing I've ever seen. Uh, but you always have to feel like they're a threat because their defense has good enough personnel to be good. And they got Tom Brady and Mike Evans, Rashad White, and Godwin, like you said. But, golly, they're, they're hard to watch. Jay, always appreciate it, man. Hope your holiday was outstanding, and we'll talk to you next week, buddy. Thank you. You got it. Thanks. See you. There he goes. That's Jay Gruden. Always love our Monday conversations. Little commanders there. We did it all around the league. He watches them all, breaks them down for you. Love his analysis. I want your analysis, too. 800-636-1067 is the telephone number, all right? We're going to talk quarterback here. We've been talking about it on and off throughout the show. Here is the deal. Taylor Heineke benched. Carson Wentz will play, presumably, right? At least he played this past weekend. I'm guessing that Carson Wentz gets the nod. But let's, let's say for the sake of argument that that's going to be the case. What would you do? You're Jay Gruden, say it. He'd play Heineke. What would you do? Forget about 
what you think Ron Rivera is going to do. Forget about what you think the Martys are going to do, because I think they're playing uh, Carson Wentz. I think they've already made that decision. I think they're now just putting all their ducks in a row where they're going to tell all the right people, and, and that's that. What would you do these last two games? they got to win them, presumably. I know they got to win at least one and get some help, but I think they pretty much need to win two games to solidify their spot. Who would you play? What would you do? You are now filling your name. Rivera, you're in charge. What would you do? 800-636-1067 is your number. 800-636-1067. Who would you play at quarterback? You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Second down goal. There's a block by Cosme. Great time for the quarterback. Now they sift through to the end zone. And caught for the touchdown! McLaren got it! Right in front of Hufanga. Three-yard touchdown. Pass. And that's how Washington responds. I posted a poll at Funny Danny. Who would you start the last two games of the season for the Cubs days? Wentz or Heineke? Eight people. Eight people independently have responded and said, see Sam Howell. <laughs> Just to give you an idea of the state of things. Everything's going great, guys. I know everyone's down. Everyone is feeling very upset. It is a Misery Monday, presented by Chaniga Miles, live from the Buffalo Wild Wings on Richmond Highway in Alexandretta. Come join us. Everybody is feeling very beaten down and depressed. Holiday time, it's dark already outside. They're mad because Washington lost to the Giants. Washington lost to the 49ers. Everybody's beat up. They don't feel very good right now. I'm telling you, Jay Gruden already said it. They're in a good spot. They are in the postseason if it started today. It does not. There's work to do. But this is the whole point. This is what you want. Now, I want something else. My time to be upset is the offseason. When I'm sitting there yelling, you can't just do this. This can't be it. This can't be your entire offseason. We got Carson Wentz. We're good. Thanks so much for coming by. No, 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 no. I don't want to be in the 7-7-1 seven, seven, middle bucket 
fighting it out with Seattle, who shouldn't be here, who's starting their rebuild, fighting it out with the Giants, who are starting their rebuild, fighting the Carolina Panthers, who I don't know what they're doing, fighting the Detroit Lions, who are waiting for Jared Goff's contract to end so they can start their rebuild. You guys, they shouldn't be here, but they're here. So you're playing meaningful football games in December. For a mediocre to bad franchise, which is what this one is and has been for some time, this is kind of what you sign up for. Sight unseen. I can I tell you, I'll I give you the, the, the premise in August. Hey, man, do you want to play meaningful football in December? No. You'd go, yes, they are. Meaningful games. They've got an absolutely strong chance to be a postseason club, people. They do. I think they're going to. And I know I sound like a crazy pants person because they've lost a couple of games. They haven't you know, managed much of late. Losing to the Giants, I think, was a big kick to the giblets for a lot of people. Losing the way they did to the Niners, getting boat raced as such. People are down. I understand that. We do this after after losses, really consecutive losses, and two and a half losses, if we want to be frank, uh, Costanza with it. But they're okay. They're the seventh seed right now. I think they end up as the seventh seed. And I might be uh, foolish. We might come in here Monday when we're at the Buffalo Wild Wings. I think we're in Culpepper on Monday, down in the Dante. I may come into work and sound like a foolish foolish uh, jerk for saying the wrong thing here. But I think they'd be Cleveland. I think they'll have a great chance to play a win-and-get-in type of situation or win and get some help or maybe get some help, but who knows what, week 18 or 19 of the season, however many weeks there are. I really do. I think they're in a good spot. So the question for ye at 800-636-1067. 800-636-1067. Who would you stat? Who would you play at quarterback for your Washington Commanders for the final two games of the season? I'll present a case quickly for both options. Your best identity right now is to do what? Physicality, playing physical, be physical up front, Oklahoma drill. Woo! Your best identity is to play smash mouth. Hey, now, you're an all-star. Your best identity right now is to smack people around, push them, and have the occasional play made by old Taylor Heineke. That's where you're best served. That's why you had the stretch that you did to get you into contention. Don't get away from your identity now just because your your toy's available. Your best chance to win is to play great defense with your great defense. Your best chance to win is to have John Allen and Deron Payne and Montez Sweat and uh, Benjamin St. Juice and Derek Forrest and Cam Curl create havoc. That's your best chance is to get short fields, defensive scores, your best chance is to have Tress Way kick a bomb and have uh, Jeremy Reeves down in coverage to force a muffed punt. See the Chicago game, right? That's your best chance right now to win football games. She ain't that good. Your offensive line isn't great. Your best chance is to put them on their toes, not on their heels, waiting for the pass rush to come by. Your best chance is to do what got you these wins, to play Taylor Heineke. That's the Heineke case. Here's the Wentz case. You don't score any points, dude. You don't score points. Don't you want to score some points? Remember points? Teams are scoring points all the time. They get first downs. They get touchdowns. you got receivers that are better than everybody they're going up against. Your three receivers are better than anybody secondary. This Jahan Dotson fella is underutilized, and he's outside shot at, the, at Offensive Rookie of the Year because a bunch of guys are, are, aren't really doing that much, and people have been hurt. He's amazing. Curtis Samuel is a top 10 paid wide receiver who is a uh, Inspector Gadget type dude. He can do everything. And Terry McLaurin is a star. 
you throw it in his vicinity, he's going to work back through multiple defenders, maybe knock over a referee, and catch the damn thing. You need a guy who can throw the football. You need Carson Wentz. He's your best thrower of the football on your rolster. You gave up a million things for him because that's what you do to guys that can throw the ball that well. You play Wentz. That's the argument for, for Carson Wentz. I'm, I find myself very compelling, by the way, Ryan. I've convinced myself of both guys here within the last couple of minutes. Let's see what you guys think. I presented the cases for both gentlemen. Who would you start? Not who are they going to start. Don't get in the mind of Ron Rivera. Get in the mind of you. 800-636-1067. Ray in D.C., who are you going with? Hey, thanks for uh, taking the call. Merry hey, Christmas. You too. Enjoy the show. Hey, man, you made a compelling case. I was uncertain before I called, but I just listened to your last comments. Mm. And I'm going to propose, and from now I'm more certain that I, that I think it's time to go to Wentz, and I'll give you two points. Yeah, he was a little shaky at the beginning of the year, but we didn't have the Brian Robinson factor yet. Right. And I think the offensive line was still sort of, don't get me wrong, they're not, they're, you know, the, the biggest concern with either one of them is who can work best with this offensive line. But I think that the – I just think it's Wentz time, and I think that Brian Robinson is the, is the key factor because we've upgraded there and at, and at the wide receiver. Give him a chance. I think he's going to redeem himself from when the uh, he wasn't able to take Philly to the Super Bowl. And, and, but, I, but I'm a big – I'll end by saying I'm a big Heineke fan, and he'll be endeared to us forever just like uh, Gus Farrell was. Appreciate you, Ray. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that changes. Even if you are a Wentz advocate here, it doesn't change Heineke's story. Doesn't change the legend. Doesn't change him diving for the pylon. Doesn't change the the he was the COVID quarterback on his sister's couch, and you know the only guy that came to his pro day was was Scott Turner. Doesn't change any of that any of that stuff. The story's awesome. That's that will never be different. In twenty thirty years, when he's running a when he's like you know twenty five pounds overweight with a giant dip in running a camp somewhere, and uh, you're gonna have a coach losing his voice talking. We're gonna talk about the legend Taylor Heineken now. This man had given up. He was on his sister's couch. He goes into playoff game and dang near beats Tom Brady. And all the campers gonna be like, "Wow, who's Tom Brady?" You know, that's gonna end. Of course, the legend is is forever. That doesn't change. Chase Young yelling Heineke. We know the story. That doesn't change. We're talking about these next couple of games, though. Where are you best served? I don't have a great answer, by the way. I I don't think either is particularly appealing to me. And that's my big picture concern, but we can't do that now. We're doing this now. we got two guys, one for each of you. 800-636-1067. Chewy in Stafford on line two. Who would you go with these last couple of games? Hey, what's going on, man? Happy hey, holidays. Dude. You too, pal. Hey, man, look, just like the last caller, look, I love Heineke. I, I think you still got to go with Wentz. And here's a few reasons why. If you're Ron go. Rivera, look, you you made a few trade you like you, you you trade a second or third you paid the guy thirty million a year um, I think Ron at this point he's got to turn back to Wentz because look the team is different from the first six weeks right we didn't have a running game established we sort of kind of found our identity in that offensive line is it's terrible they're not going to block for either of them so why not throw in Wentz you have a more of a chance the receivers have a better chance with someone who's got a stronger arm. And it's more accurate, right? So you have those two, two, two points. And then the last point is this. Look, Heineke, I love the guy, but the last few games, he's cost us the game with, you know, whether it's a fumble or, or a fourth-quarter interception. Um, you know, those are costly, costly mistakes made by Heineke. And I think at this point, Wentz, he comes in, he comes in last week. 
you know, he, he goes 12 out of 16, throws a touchdown, hasn't played in six weeks. I think you've got to see what he's got. It's two more games. Give the receivers a chance. Throw him in there and see what happens. Thanks for taking my call, my call man. Thanks, Chewie. Much appreciated, dude. Uh, it's all I can do not to do Star Wars shtick when Chewie calls. Grant has no interest in it. But, like, when I see Chewie on the line, I want to go, and nobody cares except for me. Uh, let's tell you what. Let's do another segmentation of this, 800-636-1067. I want to know who you would start. We all think, unless you got a, listen, if you got a conspiracy theory, you got something where you think, you know what, he's not actually going to go back to Carson Wentz talking about Rivera. I'd like to hear that, too. I think that's a done deal. I think that's what's happening. Again, I can be proven wrong. I'm happy to be wrong uh, if that's the case. But I believe he's going to Wentz. I'm not asking about what's going to happen. What would you do? What would you do? I'll give you some poll updates as well. But 800-636-1067. Let's get some more calls on this next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. GD here on the fan about, uh, I don't know, 45 minutes or so, give or take a minute or two, left in this radio program. Danny Ruye solo with you. GP will be back tomorrow and for the rest of the week. Darius back in the studio, touching all the right buttons. Ryan with us here on site. Misery Monday presented by Janika Mayos live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Wings on Richmond Highway in Alexandria. Been a fun show so far. Talking quarterback, man. We're going to continue on that train here down the stretch. With your calls at 800-636-1067. I am under the impression, and if you think I'm wrong, I'd love for you to tell me. Seriously, if you think I'm wrong and that it's not a done deal, tell me what you're thinking and what conspiracy theory you got, what tinfoil hat you're wearing, etc. and so on. But I think Ron Rivera is going to name Carson Wentz the starter at some point, whether he waits till later in the week because he doesn't want to give the Browns some advantage or whatever. He's going to be the starter, talking about Wentz the rest of the way. I think that's why they made that move. It was to open the door for this. This is what they want. They think they're better, ultimately, not only this week, next week, long-term with Carson Wentz. I fear that that extends to next year, by the way. But we'll get we'll jump off that bridge when we get there. So if you think I'm wrong about that, tell me. But the question for you folks at 800-636-1067 is, what would you do? Who would you start? for these next couple of games. How would you handle it? Let's go to line, I thought, well, let me see who was first. Line one, Yared in Arlington. Who would you go with here for the next couple of weeks? Hey, Danny, happy thank, uh, happy holidays. You too, uh, pal. I'll, I agree with you, man. I'll go with Carson because the simple fact, 
just people, one thing you all, you all need to understand, they're not making a decision for this upcoming game or playoff only because they give up too much. They pay them all that money. They, you know, they don't want to look bad. So <laughs> if, it, if it was that easy, the same day on Saturday in San Francisco, they would have tell you Carson is the stars. But the reason they wanted to wait, they want to see him with a good running game. So they're going to make him throw only when he has to. But with, uh, with Haneke, I mean, Haneke, don't take me wrong, he's an excellent backup. I don't think he's a starter material right now. So they just want to, you know, talk about it at the staff and go with him. And uh, I agree with you 100% it's going to be Carson. Appreciate you here. Thanks for making the call, buddy. Happy holidays to you as well. Um, and for the record, I haven't advocated for either one. I, I don't know. I don't have a great answer for this, honestly. I don't. I'm not trying to be difficult. I kind of see both of it. And I think that's, by the way, telltale for where they are as a franchise, that I'm not really excited about either option. Let's go to Kevin in Arlington online, too. Kevin, what do you got on this, buddy? Who would you start? Hey, Danny. Uh, happy Misery Monday. You too, bud. Um, so, like you, I thought they'd come out of the bye and lose two games. Unlike you, I thought they'd keep losing. Mm. And I thought part of why they keep losing is I thought for sure after getting waxed by the Niners, which we ultimately were, they'd go back to wins. And in a way, I'm, I'm sort of happy in this regard. Uh, sometimes you got to burn the village to save the village. And I would rather see Wentz start the last two games, do Wentzian things, us finish 7-9-1, and one, and to tell Ron or whoever owns the team, he ain't the guy. Because to me, the scariest thing, Danny, if I may transition to the offseason, is doubling yep. down on Carson Wentz, who we know, we know is not going to take us to the next level where we need to get to. So that's kind of how I'm envisioning it. Tell me I'm wrong. I can't. Kevin, I think that's we're, – we're calling this the Chris and Hyattsville theory or the doomsday scenario. I, I think that's exactly what's going to happen. I think it's exactly what's going to happen. Now, the, where you and I differ, Kevin, is I think they end up winning these games, and it'll be the justification that Rivera and the Mortys have been so desperate for. The, the, this is your vindication. Knocking down the door, winning record, better than last year, 9-7-1. and one. Never mind it was a garbage schedule, and they should have been better than this, to be frank with you, especially in year three of a build. The teams they beat out shouldn't be here either. I mean, Seattle isn't any good. They you know, moved on from a franchise quarterback and are you know, not particularly good on either side of the ball and need a reboot, but they won a few games. The Giants, same deal, right? I mean, who are you, who are you beating out here? The Detroit Lions? That's, that's our claim to fame. Who beat you, by the way, this very season? Eh, color me unimpressed. So I think they win these games, fool's gold, and go, look at, look at us. We did it. We did it. And then we're back on the hamster wheel. But I think we end up in the same place. Line three, Bill in Fairfax. Who would you go with, buddy? Bill, what's up, bud? Bill. Heineke's a little more exciting to watch. Carson Wentz is like watching. And at least you'd be a little more consistent. But my issue is nobody talks about is this this team is terrible. And the only way they're going to get into the playoffs is not by them winning games. It's by other teams losing games. They should have beat the Giants. They had every opportunity to do it. They didn't. The game against San Francisco, I won't say was winnable, but they weren't even competitive except for the first half. They're just terrible, and they can't beat anybody. Why do you want a team like this to even make the playoffs 
and cost yourself a draft pick, a tougher schedule next year. We don't have a quarterback next year. They're absolutely terrible. They're terrible. I can't say it any any clearer. They're you were terrible. very clear about it. Bill, is your real name Danny Ruye in Fairfax? Anyway, yeah, I tend to agree, dude. I'm, I'm a, you can hear the frustration. I feel the same way, dude. Like to me, that like we are sitting here debating uh, where to move the furniture as an atom bomb is falling on the roof. Like I, I think it's such a it's so silly. But yeah, I'm with you. They're not good. And I don't know if you've listened to the show. It sounds like you haven't been. That's your right. You're living your life. The reason they're going to the postseason is not them. Nobody else is any good. The top of the, of the conference is good. Philadelphia, very good. Minnesota deserves our respect. San Francisco, nasty. Dallas, legit. That's your list. Everybody else is just a group of people wearing the same laundry. Nobody else is any good. Nobody else is. So the fact that they're in this spot is annoying, especially in year three of their build. That's the thing I keep harping on, is if this was 2020, right, where, hey, man, we're supposed to be starting our build, but look around. The division kind of stinks. We're winning a couple games. We're in it. This is fun, right? Isn't this cool? Yeah, but, right? Nobody's saying that that's the end-all, be-all, but it's just this year one thing. Well, that's where the Giants are, you guys. That's where Seattle is. They're changing eras. They had, in Seattle's case, they had a Hall of Fame caliber Pro Bowl starting quarterback for a long time that they moved on from. That's not the year you're supposed to go to the postseason after that. They're terrible at this point, Seattle is. Nice story, but come on, it's over. Detroit's not particularly good. They had a wonderful streak. But come on, we're talking about them being around 500. Same with the, with the Giants. They are new coach, new GM, new everything. They don't know who their quarterback's going to be. It's probably going to be Daniel Jones again, but whatever. They're not in a good spot, and that's who we're beating out? Come on. More calls on this, 800-636-1067. Who would you start the rest of the way? Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.